Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's a packed Planet Kia Studios to start off Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wes, did you throw a party I didn't know about? Nah, man. I didn't <laughs> call a house party. This is like the uh, commercial with Kid and Play for Progressive. And he's like, Kid, I said a watch party. How much money do you think it would take to get Jeff to do the Kid and Play dance on video to show the people what we're all about on a Wednesday? Yeah, that'd be great. It all doesn't right. exist do in this room. <laughs> it's not there. Yeah. He would know. He's the boss. Um, That's Jeff Rickard. We have just, Colin Hoggard in here. Flounder, why do you want to take the I mic here to start off? I have apologies to make. Okay. I, I, for, for 30 minutes, I was building this up to play this incredible thing that Flounder had put together, and it turned out we played the wrong thing. I thought you were going to play, Colin, the the three minutes of Cowboy Misery collection that Flounder had put together. Colin's eyes got really wide. Because I was giving, Co- I was giving Flounder all this credit for... What turned out to be the John Bon Jovi parody song, <laughs> Wanted Dead or Alive. And he walks in, he goes, I didn't do this. And I thought, you know what? We played the wrong thing. Oh, okay. Well, I apologize. Well, I, I apologize I saw, for I not noticing. Ca- Cowboy's Misery. I didn't realize we had all of the Cowboy's <laughs> Misery loaded in the system. And today. silently stewing over there in the background. Fiddy, how you feeling about your best friend putting together three minutes of Cowboys futility all in one place at one time? I mean, it wasn't his fault. It was what he was asked to do by two hosts that needed some January content. So I'm just glad that the Dallas Cowboys provide content for cities like Charlotte to talk about in January well, now, because they have no playoff football to talk right. about themselves. Yeah, so this is this is Fiddy. He's spewing. We got in a good mood on Monday when we started talking more about the NFL playoffs. But, Colin, this is also the same Fiddy that apparently – wasn't extremely inviting to flounder for our Hornets watch party mm-hmm. tonight at Graham Street Pub. Well, that was the other thing. Yeah. He's not thrilled. So you're saying you're not going to ever talk about the Cowboys on Charlotte Airwaves ever again. Is that what I just heard? Because it doesn't have a place in Charlotte? I don't do it unprovoked. Like, I do it when it gets brought up. Like, you know, when you interview my offensive coordinator, like Helen Moore last year, or if Mike McCarthy gets fired. It's mine. See, my It'd be a great hire here. No, no, week, eight, week eight, my coach gets to play in. Look at Bryce. Bryce is always sitting there with like six seconds to go on the play clock. But my coach, Mike McCarthy, he gets the play call in quick. Bam, it's right there. Dak's ready to go. That was you a couple months ago. And I, don't, now I don't think that was me because oh, I hate, oh, I hated oh. Mike McCarthy. No, so, uh, coach. That's my coach I, I was the phrase like you were using a couple months ago. I know it's gotten cold, Colin, and you've been around your kids a lot. You've got that selective you hearing. Be right now. You've got so, that selective yeah. hearing because I don't think I was ever doing that type of stuff. Not so, about Mike McCarthy. I want to get Wes's perspective on this too, Fiddy, and I want to get yours. Fair to characterize the Dallas Cowboys in terms of if they were an NFL cartoon, they would be Wiley e. Coyote in the playoffs. Yeah, I like that. I Great mean, I like that a lot when you brought that up. Great. Budget, like you said, budget, they go buy stuff, plan. and no matter what mm-hmm. plan they hatch, it just doesn't work, and they always get outsmarted. All right. 
I just wanted to get everybody together and get us all on the same page for the rest of the broadcast. Yeah. Coyote might be a little over him now. He might have been, you know, a little too young to be watching Wiley yeah. Coyote. And so, a coyote, as it's pronounced around oh, there's here. Kyle. Kyle's like, how come I'm not in the building? Kyle, do you want to hang out? Like, we might to get everybody. Right. You know, I had a WFNZ round Kyle's table. Kyle's looking at us like we're in the zoo through the, through the glass. We yeah. should have a meeting one time on air during one of the shows just to air <laughs> it all out. That. Let yeah. people peel behind the curtain. Just see what's going on behind the curtain. I like how you called, by the way. This this is Jeff calling Colin Hoggard to the microphone to say, hey, we, even though it was kind of you, but we played the wrong thing there. And I, I would have called for something. We, I didn't notice it until it was 30 seconds in. When it. I heard it, I was like, is that floundering? I was like, did yeah. he produce this or did he, is this a, a talent I didn't know that he had or what? So I'm glad you were taking that criticism on air here, Colin. So my, I guess my fault. request is mm -hmm. at the end of your show, Fiddy, can we play what Flounder actually did put together? <laughs> Wes Walker, can I make that request? Can we yeah, play I'm it all right every with Friday that, at 2 o'clock okay. instead of Piano Man, maybe? Look, it's, <laughs> it's not as famous as Piano Man or as impactful, so that answer is going to be no. Let it take off. I'll let the three of you discuss amongst yourselves. Have a great show. All right. All right. That was go. Charlotte Sports Today, a whoa, little whoa, Mac whoa, and no. Bone. They can't leave without a war cry, damn it. It's Wednesday whoa. on the Wes and Walker show. Oh, they no. got a war cry. Je do you want a war cry with us, Jeff? Casa Bonita! <laughs> I don't know what that means. We can save that, and then we can put that in Beautiful there. Beautiful house. All right, let's 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 go ahead and pull up to the scene. We, we, we got a packed bus here. All right, so uh, we got some people in. We got some people leaving. Let's go ahead and do this thing. We'll give you the warning. I was told by a couple people that they like the war cry, but they do need the warning just to make sure, maybe turn down the volume a little bit. Yeah. Just to understand. But we always talk it we up do. before we do it. So how much more of a warning do they need? Do oh, no, they, they want don't. us to send an EMS through the phone? No, it was more of an appreciation of the warning. And okay. also just like, a, hey, it's, it, we appreciate it because it gets a little crazy. We're going to yell. Yeah, okay. it's not, I don't think it came from any, hey, you need to stop doing it. Wes, no, I'm just letting them know since, since the warning okay. we give them isn't enough, I just figured I'd spell it out for them You're a good. little more in depth. I didn't mean to suggest that the warning isn't enough. All right, we have a lot of defensiveness going on here. There's <laughs> lots of chaos going all around the room. Let's just embrace the chaos. Let's get off the bus doing the war cry, whether you are in the Planet Kia Studios yourself whether you're listening to the radio in an office in this building, whether you are at a cubicle, whether you're at the intersection, this is the warning that at the count of three, we're going to do War Cry Wednesday. Flounder is in here with his soothing country voice singing cowboy parodies. We're all going to do it together. One, two, three. Let us off the bus, Fiddy. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. the most disorganized intro to a Wesson Walker show ever with seven bodies in here. Yeah. Not knowing what we were going to talk about whatsoever, but Jeff just rolls in here without telling us what he wanted to address. And then he's standing at the mic like, Jeff, what? All right, that's fine, man. You yeah. call the shots, but I had no clue what you wanted to mention. He's like, well, <laughs> now I'm calling Colin to say, hey, we didn't play the right one and Flounder's in here too. And so it was a party getting off the bus today on Wesson Walker. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I mean, that's the beauty of this show and that we can bounce back from the chaos and get things going right back on track. That's right. At least we can try to. Thank you for allowing me to do so. Let's go into the Carolina Panthers coaching search. We got some news yesterday about Carolina interviewing Frank Smith. 
the Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator, Frank Smith, somebody a lot of people are bringing up a part of this coaching search. I think he's a legitimate candidate, not one of these guys that you would be displeased with, in my opinion, right? Like he still seems if there are tiers of the more popular names, the guys that you would like to be the head coach of this team. I think Frank Smith, if, if Ben Johnson is in a tier by himself, maybe Bobby Slovak is up there could compare you know, depending on your opinion on him. I think Frank Smith is up there towards the top. How real of a candidate is he here to take this job in Carolina? Uh, I think he's a very real candidate. The more that you do your digging on him, you see that this guy is a very um, highly regarded candidate across league circles. And this was before this season even started. Now, you're a little bit dismayed by what happened in the playoffs with them being held to 76 yards rushing, only one of 12 on third downs. And I thought the game plan overall was just very... Uh, conservative by the uh, the Miami Dolphins, but he's worked under some of the greatest coaches, whether you're talking about Sean Payton, John Fox, John Gruden. Uh, he's also known for his ability to relate to a, a wide array of people. Guys love him. Darren Waller, uh, he helped him with his sobriety during their time together with the Raiders, so this seems to be a guy that really cares about the players and not just numbers to him. Uh, you know, they call him a genuine teacher and a leader. So you combine all of that with the fact that he does a pretty good job at what he does, which is calling offense, and his offenses have been successful. He seems like a guy that should certainly be in the running. Yeah, Aaron from Mallard Creek writes in, does Frank Smith call plays or is that all Mike? That's Mike McDaniel calling the plays down there in Miami. But Frank Smith, for sure, a part of the offensive game plan. A few more texts here on the text line, 704-570-9610. The bagel guy asked, wait, is Jeff meddling? Do we have a boss that is meddling in day-to-day operations? Come on, Jeff. You're meddling in, well, I I would say let the radio people do the radio thing, but I guess Jeff has 30 years of experience in radio, so I guess that wouldn't make all that much sense. Panther Bo said for the War Cry Wednesday, I said woo like Wes did when talking about the Ric Flair documentary. Hmm. Not all that loud, but at least he said it. And then this is the real point I wanted to get to from Jack on the text line. The Atlanta Falcons coaching list is killing our interview list. They ain't holding back, Wes. Atlanta has now announced that they've interviewed Bill Belichick for the head coaching job and Jim Harbaugh. I think two of the most popular names out there. The two guys, maybe you could throw Pete Carroll in, but Bill Belichick considered the GOAT. And you also have Jim Harbaugh who has been successful every single stop. I I think if you were to get most people to say who their number one option is on their priority list, who is the number one guy you would want, I've been hearing a lot of Jim Harbaugh because winning the championship in Michigan, getting to the college football playoff, but also all the success that he had with San Francisco. Sounds like he might be going back to Michigan. Yeah, maybe, maybe. How jealous are you if you're a Panthers fan? watching what the Falcons are doing, going after Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick in the interview process when we haven't heard anything about those guys getting an interview with Carolina so far. Well, I think you have to be jealous because as I've said and been saying that Atlanta's bubbling under the surface and the last thing you want to see is your rival be able to come up. And so the fact that they have the pieces that fit for a coach to want to come and say, I can be the guy to take them over the top and they don't view Carolina in the same light. They're looking at Atlanta, they're looking at all the talent on that roster, they're looking at stable ownership uh, that's hungry for a championship. And that's the thing about Atlanta, too, is that they know that they're a quarterback and a head coach away, which is a lot. But they are those two things away from really being a real contender uh, in the NFC. And so 
they're going about it in the most aggressive way possible, but they also have the requisite pieces that are attractive to potential head coaches at the top of the market. Jim Harbaugh, somebody that has done wonders with different quarterbacks all across the board, going to the very team that is a quarterback away, we think, from really contending in the postseason, getting there and doing a nice job with all of the skill positions that they have down in Atlanta, a much improved defense this year compared to two years ago. I don't want Jim Harbaugh to go to Atlanta if I'm a Panthers fan. And I heard Smoke talk about this along with Kyle, I think, last week. If Bill Belichick were to accept the job with Atlanta, I'm in this weird territory, just like Smoke was talking about, where I don't want Bill Belichick here in Carolina compared to the other candidates. I also don't want him to go to Atlanta either. I'm in that very weird territory of, I don't want him, but I also don't want you to have him either. No doubt about it. That's where I am. Does that make sense, where yes, I am territorially? no question like, about it. I mean, if you're in division with the team, you don't want to see them uh, leave you behind. You know what I'm saying? And you also don't want to see them uh, blow up because that's what it's looking like if Atlanta's able to get this offseason right. I mean, that's one of the biggest teams when you talk about if they can get the offseason right if that's one of those teams that I look to. And to me, just sitting here thinking about it, they have so many good young pieces. They're, they're good up front. Yeah, they need they still need a little bit more help on defense, but I think they've got enough talent on that roster that I think this is the team that if they really wanted to, could afford to move up in the draft to get the quarterback they want as well because I don't think necessarily losing the draft picks would hurt them that bad because they're well-stocked at so many key positions. M-Dog said, I sound like his ex-girlfriend. I apologize for bringing some of those flashbacks. <laughs> if they're a little scary. One more soundbite before we move on to the next segment. Uh, believe it or not, Jim Harbaugh got a ringing endorsement from his brother. Imagine that. Brother actually <laughs> thinks highly of Jim Harbaugh. Here's what John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, had to say. He's a high character, uh, uh, high energy uh, believer. You know, he's a true believer in the things that, that go into building a team. He's one of the best team builders. He may be the best team builder in football right now. Nobody builds a team better. I mean, he he knows how to put it together, top to bottom. He knows how to include people. He knows how to make them a part of it. He knows how to empower people. Uh, he's a great football coach. He believes in football. You know, he believes in playing football the right way, the fundamental way. And you've seen it, Adam, with every team he's ever coached. You know, he was that kind of a player. Then he goes to San Diego, and he's that kind of a coach. Then he goes to Stanford. Then he goes to San Francisco. Now Michigan. You know, that's 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 proof right there. It's not accidental that he keeps building these teams up the way that they are, right? Absolutely not. I mean, you can't fake that. You can't fake it. And that's one thing about Jim. He's true. He's real. He's he's, he's definitely uh, true to himself. He's honest about everything. He's 100% honest about everything. And people see that. You know, that's how you build trust. I mean, you look at a team he's got. That's a team that's built on trust. They trust one another and they love one another. All right. My favorite part about that quote is that he believes in football. I'm glad that you believe that the sport you coach is real. I'm glad <laughs> that you believe in football. I, I will say it is a little frustrating that somebody that prominent, that popular, hasn't even had an interview with Carolina. I wonder if this is David Tepper not wanting to interview somebody that would have all the power in the world over this team. And wouldn't take David Tepper's advice and would actually fight against it. Yeah. I don't know if that's something. I also don't know if he's just so scared to go back to the college ranks because it failed with Matt Rule. Maybe there are a couple of things working against Jim Harbaugh. A no, no, I agree. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We know it's different. Mm -hmm. I just don't know why there hasn't been an interview yet. There's still time, I guess. It's running out by the day. Maybe he feels like he's got no shot. Maybe he does.
I would like for him to turn us down, though. And I don't know if David Tepper wants to hear that, but I would at least like him to turn us down via an interview. Let's move on. Who do we actually think does end up with the job? Dan Graziano of ESPN predicted who he thinks is the next head coach for the Panthers. A surprising name. One I don't think we've actually uttered on Wesson Walker yet. Stick around. We'll finally do it on the next segment. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Some breaking news on the Carolina Panthers. All-time booty mover. It is an all-time booty mover. Thank you, Fitty. Yes, love the roots are coming in here. They have become the band I feel like you embrace most with the new music you've become accustomed to. You're not You're not wrong. I was going to hit that, but then you said breaking news, so I was going to get this. Okay. So I apologize. I can't say it unless Wes does. I was West about does. to yell, but I didn't when I found out it was a false alarm. Or you could just do it again and then I'll yell. Whatever you want to do, just so the people can hear it. Now we can give you the news. Joe Person <laughs> tweets out just 11 minutes ago that Panthers OC Thomas Brown is meeting with the Bears today about their vacant offensive coordinator job per league sources. Also, Thomas Brown is set to interview this week with the Titans for their head coaching position. And so we knew about the head coaching interview with Tennessee. I think we said that yesterday. But now the Bears OC job. Do you want Thomas Brown to go to Chicago or does this apply Exactly to the same thing I was talking about, not wanting him as the offensive coordinator, but also not wanting somebody else to have him. Like maybe that's true with Chicago, who has stolen a lot of draft capital from us, who's dunking on the Carolina Panthers in their latest tweet with, man, what a haul. And they put out the graphic of everything Mm -hmm. they got in that trade as the Panthers move up to number one and Chicago moves back and they still have a lot of draft capital. Now, if they were able to get Thomas Brown, Thomas Brown works with... (laughs) The very pick that the Bears got from Carolina. So Thomas Brown calling plays for the quarterback that the Panthers earned for the Chicago Bears. And then those guys go wreck the league together in the next couple of years. Nah, man, I don't want that. I don't think you would, too, if you were a Panther fan. Yeah, that'd be real Charlotte for him to go up there and then (laughs) get with uh, if they keep Justin Fields and whatever it is they're going to do because the Bears are another team that I feel like is bubbling if they do it the right way. You bring a Thomas Brown in there and he's going to say, look, and you know he's going to have a point to prove after what happened here. He's going to be like, look, I finally got enough. Like Kobe said, I'm not bringing butter knives anymore. I got guns. And uh, he'll be ready to go. You're talking DJ Moore and if they keep Justin Fields or whether they draft – uh, Caleb Williams and, and some of the things that they're going to be able to do with all the draft capital and all the money that they have. Uh, Chicago's definitely going to could be an outhouse, the penthouse team. It's the most 
diabolical plan if you were to seek revenge on the Panthers. The only other way to do it would be to the head be the head coach of an NFC South team. But the other way to do this is to be the, be the offensive coordinator for Chicago and then work with that pick if it's Caleb Williams then go to the postseason and have all this success, then Thomas Brown uses Chicago as a stepping stone to become a head coach after this success. That's the most diabolical... I can't talk right now. <laughs> diabolical plan for revenge. Yeah, and I mean, you look at uh, Patrick Stewart on the text line. Well, everything that we... That was me. That was me being uh, Walker Mitch Kupchak. No, you're good, man. Uh, Patrick Stewart says on the text line, I believe that's called karma. And, and, and in some ways, I do believe it would be a little bit of poetic justice for Thomas Brown to say, look, you jerk me around with the offensive coordinator role. I'll show you. Yeah. I'll show you when I go to a place that has an offensive line that could block kindergartners. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> all those types of things. And so uh, it, it could be uh, interesting. All right, let's go to the text line before we hop a little bit more into the head coaching search. Swag Surf Critic says, crush him, Colin. Destroy Fitty. Yeah, Colin was going in on you about all this Cowboys conversation. Jeff called him in not knowing that he was going to go after you the way that he did. But then we got some good radio leading off Wes and Walker. 864 said, wait, so did the Coyote catch a roadrunner 30 years ago and hasn't been able to eat since? Because Jeff was saying the Cowboys are Wiley Coyote. And so that was the example there. Chili Willie talking about Jim Harbaugh says Harbaugh is fool's gold. Bobby Slowick all day. These offensive coordinators are getting guys open. How much do you agree with Chili Willie? I uh, don't at all. Because we've seen Jim Harbaugh on the NFL level go to a Super Bowl and multiple NFC championship games. And the league might have been a little different then, but he also showed an ability to adapt, putting Colin Kaepernick in there, putting him uh, in that RPO system that he installed much like he was in college. And even though Alex Smith could do a lot of those things too, and he did a little bit of that stuff, but he really embraced and, and kind of changed the 49ers as a... Uh, offensive philosophy midseason once he became the guy. So I think Harbaugh's always been shown an ability to adapt to the personnel that he has. Uh, now, whether or not the, the question is, if the Panthers did get him, uh, would they have to draft J.J. McCarthy like they're talking about that the Raiders might try to do to entice him? Oh, then you have to trade up to go get him. If you're the Panthers and you hire Harbaugh, and then you have to trade up, give up more draft capital. But yeah, like you, you're not going to do that. And plus, you got Bryce. Yeah, Walker, we were talking about this with KB. Well, howdy there, y'all. Kyle the Bailey here. Hi, Kyle. Is there any reason to justify the Panthers to this point not having at least scheduled an interview with Harbaugh? Because like at this point, it feels like they're not going to interview maybe the best candidate for their head coaching vacancy as of today. If they haven't reached out to Jim Harbaugh, I can't really find an excuse for it. If they reached out and Jim Harbaugh just doesn't want these problems, then fine. But so wouldn't be we it. know that? Maybe. I, I don't know. Adam Schefter reporting that like he is Jason Kelsey's retirement without Kelsey's blessing. Maybe. Maybe he's just not reporting it because he doesn't know about uh, it. There are other things to pay attention to. Schefter is a Michigan man, so he'd probably protect Harbaugh if Harbaugh didn't want certain stuff to get leaked. This is the conspiracy that we want. I welcome that. That's a great thought I did not think about. We can uh, go elsewhere to the text line. Casey Steve said when John Harbaugh was telling you all of the glowing things about his brother, he said, yeah, you know, he's real honest. He honestly placed a guy on the other sideline to steal plays. <laughs> That's how honest Jim Harbaugh is. Wolfpack Scott says he does not believe Jim Harbaugh leaves. Seems like you're leaning that way, too. You think yeah, he goes back I mean, to Michigan? I've been reading about how he's still negotiating with them and the different things that he wants for protections for himself in case some things go down 
with the NCAA, but I'm like, if you're hell bent on going to the NFL, why would you even be negotiating with Michigan at all? Um, at the end of the day, that's why I want to see him. I don't want to see him come back to the NFL. I want to see him back at Michigan. I want to see him build a legacy there uh, with the maize and blue. I, I think it's great for college football. Fiddy nodding in approval because that's always been his secret team. It's North Carolina and then Tennessee, Michigan down there somewhere. So he <laughs> wants Tim Harbaugh to go back to Michigan. All right, finally, let's dive into who Dan Graziano picked for this next head coaching position. Patrick Storr said, I'm actually rooting for Todd Munkin on the text line. He's coming from a fantastic organization. I think he could do wonders for Bryce. Just look at what he's done in Baltimore. So that's an, I don't know about under the radar guy, but we haven't talked about him as much as some of these other OCs. Wes, this guy's even more under the radar than Todd Munkin. Dan Graziano predicts that Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan will be the next head coach. Here's what Dan writes when trying to figure out what the Panthers are going to do. He says industry insiders are finding this a tough one to call since there's skepticism about the willingness of candidates to work for impatient team owner David Tepper. I expect this hire to be an offensive-minded coach whose task will be getting the most out of Bryce Young. Slowick is a hot name with several interviews lined up, but he has also been a coordinator for only one year, and some teams may prefer more experience. Callahan... Hasn't been the play caller in Cincinnati, but he has a lot of responsibility in the offense and has been instrumental in the Bengals' success in recent years. And he has the experience that Tepper could be looking for this offseason. So you mentioned that he's the longest tenured coordinator, Fitty. And we we mentioned this yesterday. Five seasons. Five seasons being the longest. It reminds me of James Brago being top five longest tenured coach with the Hornets, only like with five years. That's how coordinators work. That's why I think some people would rather have an offensive-minded guy and then maybe you hire the defensive coordinator. If they do a good job, then they continue to leave. But you want stability with Bryce? Callahan, having been an OC a long time, doesn't call the plays, but neither does Frank Smith. What would you make of it if the Panthers hired Brian Callahan, Wes? Um, I mean, head coach, is so dicey because you don't know, like I said, what you're going to get until they get into the fire. But when you look at it, what do we know about him that we can look at from a tangible aspect? Uh, I know over the last three seasons, he's had a top 10 scoring offense outside of this season. And we know it's because Joe Burrow got hurt or it probably would have been three straight seasons of that. Uh, he's been top 15 in yards. He's 13th in 2021, 8th in 2022, and 22nd this year. Uh, but this is also a guy, you know, he's not much for running a football. When you look at the uh, attempts rankings for him uh, each season, he's been a coordinator. The highest he was there was 17th, but he likes to throw the football. He's been top 10 in passing attempts um, in three out of his five seasons in Cincinnati. So what does that tell me is that he's going to come in and he's going to want Bryce to throw the hell out of the football. And is that the direction that you want to go uh, with this football team? Do you want Bryce Young being among the top 10 uh, in attempts, especially if things aren't going correctly? Of course, you would not. But, um, you know, he's a guy that hasn't been at the top of the list when we've talked about head coaching candidates. I don't know how much it moves the meter as far as just having some juice on it when it's if it's ever announced. I don't know if that's going to do anything either. But sometimes those are the coaches that end up doing the best, the ones that fly under the radar. I think the thing that makes me attracted to Brian Callahan is. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> I thought about a couple of little things to throw in there, too, but yeah. go ahead. Is that a little too sexual for everybody? Well, no, I'm you not going to go that far. You just don't like that. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far, but I was going to say, was it his hair or his eyes or something like that? Just say intrigued. Just mess with 
The reason that I'm intrigued by Brian Callahan <laughs> is I think you saw a big old difference with Jake Browning at QB than you did with Joe yeah. Burrow. That offense changed. And while he's not the play caller, I get it. You'd rather have some of these OCs that are the play callers because they have more control. And so it's easier to quantify and measure exactly how good they are at their job when you're the play caller. Because we don't know how involved he is in the game plan. He might be a lot, but even if he is a lot involved. Ida is the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but he's not a play caller, right? So, like, we just don't know what's actually happening on game day. All of his work is done during the week, and so it's like, okay, it's just really tough to measure, right? It's just tough to measure, certainly when you talk about some of the other OCs. But when Jake Browning was out there and the offense had to completely change, they still were winning games. Jake Browning comes in. They beat Jacksonville. They beat Indianapolis. And they beat Minnesota. And Jake Browning goes for 350, 275, 324 in the loss to Pittsburgh. Not a great game. Threw three interceptions. Did have 335. But they were rolling right after Jake Browning was thrust into a starting position. And I think they changed it a lot because the offense for Cincinnati is, hey, Joe Burrow, we know you're going to hold on to the football a long time. But you're special when you hold on to the football. And we'll take maybe a couple more sacks a game or just higher sack total at the end of the season with a bad offensive line and with you already holding on to the football too long because you're going to make something special happen downfield and that touchdown balances the scales for some of the negatives that might happen. Go be a playmaker. Go play out of structure. Do what you do. That ain't it with Jake Browning. You got to do play action. You got to put guys out on with well-designed screens. And you saw it in, in Jacksonville, man. Like that was a great win for them that got them rolling. So if he is a part of changing an offense designed to do what the player does best, I'm with it. Like I, I'd rather have some of these other names that are out there, but I'd be open-minded to what Brian Callahan could bring to this team. And could also maybe him not being a play caller make you more attracted to him? Because I feel like if you hire a Bobby Slowick, a Ben Johnson, they're going to probably be like Frank Wright. They're going to be the head coach. And they want to call the plays. You can hire Callahan and he not be the play caller, but be a big part of your weekly install and what you're doing scheme-wise. And as you mentioned, Walker, he proved during the year he could change his scheme week to week based on his available personnel, which is something, frankly, we haven't seen in Carolina really ever. So, I mean, that could be something that could be an advantage for him is that he knows what to do with a bad offensive line, a mediocre run game. And a, and a special talent at quarterback, and we still think that Bryce Young is that. It's true. I didn't even think about the idea of Callahan not being the play caller after not being the play caller in Cincy, but I guess it would make more sense, right? Because compared to somebody that was calling the offense for a different franchise, that's why you hire them. If you like what they did, and they did such a good job at it that you want them to be the head coach for your team, then you're not going to strip them of that responsibility. That would make no sense. It's why when Frank Reich was calling plays for Indianapolis and then you hire him to be the guy here, it made sense to me that you allowed him to call plays. But with Callahan, you don't really have that. The reason that you think he might be a good coach is because of the way that he was installing offenses alongside Zach Taylor. So maybe he does hire an OC. I would think he still calls plays, but it's something I didn't think about that Fitty brought up. Well, I mean, one thing, I, I got to give a little pushback here. I, yeah, let's hear I, it. Yeah. <laughs> Not on y'all. But I'm just saying, when they're saying, like, all oh, the work he did with Jake Browning, I mean... Well, that that was me. You, you No, are. but that was I saw that in the article as well. They, they said that got a lot of the 
that got him on a lot of people's radar, what he was able to do with Jake Brown. Yeah. But I'm like, I mean, how much different was it? Because it was really drop back passers. If, if, if you listen to anybody measure that offense, they mentioned just how crazy different it was. Like, especially against Jacksonville, where, like, so much of it is so different because Joe Burrow is an offense unto himself, right? Right, right, right. So, so Brown gets the ball out faster. And so they're designing something completely different than what that offense was used to. J- Jamar Chase is getting the ball in his hands a lot more quickly instead of mm-hmm. running downfield, and that changes a lot. Now you're having to ask the offensive line to block in a different way. Now you're, like, so for me, I think when that offense changes as much as it did— and the team identity has to change on a dime like that. I I think he deserves credit for it. Or Zach Taylor, too. Mm-hmm. That's a decision, maybe, that you wouldn't be exactly thrilled to bring him in. Maybe it is mostly Zach Taylor. But if Callahan is a part of that, then I would welcome that. But it doesn't seem like you're too uh, persuaded. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think sometimes they just try to find stuff to, to give guys and just act like it's just they invented fire. And, I mean, it's like he's playing with two drop-back quarterbacks, and one throws the ball faster than the other, so he – Sped up or oh, ran with some quicker throws. He put a little more quick game into the game plan, but I don't think that's anything to be like, whoa, this guy's this guy's something else. Well, nobody – yeah, this is what I'm we, not saying you're no, saying that, no, but I'm I, just saying for people I to be like, like, oh, that got him on the radar, I'm like, how? No, but you you kind of are, though, saying I'm saying that because <laughs> I agree with the people you saying that. You agree with that, yeah, so, yeah. So you are saying that to me. Mm. We have this convo about the geniuses of the NFL. Yes, You've yes. had this stance – for the entire time we've worked yeah, together. Yes. It feels like you're never going to be impressed if the idea is to go get the genius. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Callahan. I'm not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, doubt. No, no but doubt. I don't. Is there anybody like seriously? Maybe this is the time where there's a distinction between who you're criticizing with their evaluation, because I don't think Callahan is a genius. I'm open minded to the idea of interest surrounding him mm-hmm. because I do think the offense was different enough that they deserve credit. Now, you're right. They lost a couple games in a row. They got blown out against Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and they got beat where they only scored 17 against Kansas City, both games on the road. So, yeah, Callahan isn't perfect. But even if Kyle Shanahan isn't a genius, mm-hmm. even if Sean McVay isn't a genius, Mike McDaniel, none of these guys are geniuses, right? Mm-hmm. They're still better than everybody else. Yeah. That's all I want. We can get rid of the genius title if you want to. You know, bleep it. Stomp it in the ground. Bury it. We'll never use it again. Ultimately, I just want the guy that is better at everybody than everybody else. Yeah. And if that means you're not a genius, but you're better than that guy, you're better than that guy, cool. Welcome aboard. I want you to run this team. Yeah, okay. Well, Is that I mean, fair? Like, Because yeah, no. Callahan's not a genius. I'm just... We're looking at stuff that might make people interested in him. I think that's the reason, and I think there is some basis behind it. No, that that's fair. And, I mean, like I said, you know, I like to see, like, in some of the backgrounds of the guys who you've worked under, who you've learned from, the the, the different things that you can do. I just thought that that specific trait that people are pointing to to say, you know, this makes him an even more impressive candidate when you're taking – I could see if you were going from Joe Burrow to – uh man, I'm trying to think of a quarterback that, that may run a lot. Or you took Joshua Dobbs and turned him into a pro bowler or something like that. Like that would be one thing. But I'm just like Browning right. is stiff as hell though. He like, is, Burrow was I real remember fluid. him in college though. Like, you know, he was he was a really good passer. So I was just like, well, going from one drop back pass to the other, even though Joe Burrow does get out of the pocket a little bit and run a little bit more, but at the end of the day, at the crux of it, in my opinion, it's just still too uh, drop back passes and you put more quick game in for one and the other because the other gets the ball out faster. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think when you look at. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> laughing, Finney? Tell us what's going <laughs> on in your brain. I just be just 
poo-poo and stuff. He he enjoys. Yeah, he wasn't uh, here for any 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 attractiveness. <laughs> well, to and, Brian then, and then Panther Bo just texted it, looking at a picture of Brian Callahan. Now, to be fair, I'm not sure what Walker is attracted to. Uh, that <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm sorry. No, that's. I didn't okay. mean to dis- just disrupt your point well, of hold thought. Hold on, Wes. am I wrong? Like you, I know you gave us the roundup sign here, but now we gotta Google what Brian Callahan looks like because. Okay, <laughs> uh, maybe not. Well, I mean, a little bit. Um, maybe intrigued more so than a. So there's a photo I'm looking at of him when he's got the full beard. I'm there. Good, okay. Good beard, like when it gets cold. There's also a photo with him where he's got like some side eyes looking. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you, where maybe this guy just looks stoned all the time. All right. Oh, now we can move on. I, I like to think that some people out there are attracted to me, at <laughs> least a few. By the way, I do want to read this one. Patrick Storrs writes, Wes, do you think Stephen Hawking is a genius? Uh, yeah, he is. Okay. Just wanted to know. really smart. <laughs> Albert Einstein? Yes. Okay. They invented things that changed life. Gotcha. Those are your geniuses. I can't wait. I want Stephen Hawking on the sideline for this team. <laughs> Please calling plays. Yeah. That's what I would want. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's the Charlotte Hornets taking on the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. We have a write-up from Jake Fisher. We're going fishing in the next segment. Okay. Find out what Jake Fisher has to say about this team coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Yes, people, I know Stephen Hawking died a few years ago. I know that. I was making a joke that insinuates I actually meant that I want Stephen Hawking on the sideline. How the dare coach. you? Look, I'm sorry, LaGreca. Okay, I was trying to make a joke. It wasn't great. I know he passed away. R.I.P. Stephen Hawking. Let's move on from everybody calling me out on the text line. 704-570-9610. If you want to correct me also, feel free to do so. Everybody else is doing it. 704-570-9610. I know we got to get to the Hornet stuff here, Walker, but I had an idea during the break. We talked about Brian Callahan's attractiveness. Mm -hmm. We got to rank every candidate from most to least attractive. I'm down with it. It's got to be done. Whether we do it today or later in the week. How attracted am I to every single... How uncomfortable would that be for the first interview we might have with this coach? Look, Brian, to be honest with you, I had you as one of the more attractive candidates this entire... Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. No, you don't get it, Brian. I think you're attractive. That would go weird. (laughs) (laughs) Chef Chad had a good uh, text on the line. Said that Stephen Hawking does like smart little people. He said Bryce fits that mold. Okay. 
maybe a little dangerous territory. I think where like, I don't, am I am no, I wrong to be scared? It, or, maybe. Yeah, maybe I think so. so. Let's move on. I, let's keep actually, it yeah, let's move on. Let's go to the Hornets. Jake Fisher has this write up on Yahoo Sports. He says the Hornets have indicated that they will be more active this deadline with influence from new ownership and how the front office has conducted business in previous transaction windows. Yeah, you mean like doing something? Anyways, <laughs> Charlotte is said to have all players available outside of LaMelo, Brandon, and Mark Williams per league personnel. That means Terry Rozier's strong play has made the combo guard a more viable trade candidate than ever at his $24 million average annual salary with a known preference to join the Miami Heat, sources tell Yahoo Sports. And while there's plenty of rival interest in veteran wing Gordon Hayward, he seems more likely to change teams by way of a buyout as opposed to a rival club sending out $30 million to match his expiring salary. All right, there's actually a decent amount of stuff here. So if we go to Terry Rozier first, Terry Rozier was dangled out there on the trade market last year. Nobody wanted him. Not enough, anyway, that it would make sense for the Hornets to deal him, right? Because you're talking about somebody that has another year left on his contract. He is 28 years old at that time, 29 years old now. So getting older, and you have a few more years left on his deal. His numbers weren't good enough last year. It was in a different role, and it was all the injuries that he was having to battle against. His numbers are good right now, man. He looks great. I... Can't say enough about what Terry has been able to do this season, having to adapt once more. So now the fact that he's just playing a lot better, the Lakers make a lot of sense to me. The first round picks, there's not a lot to choose from, but they have their 2026 and I think their 2028 first round pick. It's a little while that you have to wait, but those things could be crazy valuable. And even if you don't use them in those years of the draft, you could use them as trade capital to go help Brandon LaMelo, whoever is the core that you decide to roll forward with. So if we focus on Terry Rozier before we get to Gordon Hayward here first, Wes, what do you think the likelihood is that they trade Terry Rozier? And what kind of return do you think they could get for him? Uh, I do think this is more than likely Terry's last year uh, in Charlotte. So let me say that. And I think that, you know, Gordon Hayward, I think is going to be gone too, and we could see a buyout situation. But I just think it's time. I mean, you see the writing on the wall that things just aren't going well, uh, with what's going on and that's an understatement so i think that yeah it's time for you to move on see what you can get change the dynamics uh, of this team i've been saying for a while that i think that this team could use uh an infusion of, of veteran leadership and uh some guys that are going to bring a little bit more grit a little bit more defense to the table and so i think that the hornets need to be delicate with these deals to be able to get some guys that can kind of uh, give a little bit of a culture shift while still having some assets to help them in the future. I'm interested to see what other teams would be attracted to Terry Rozier. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I have to keep making that joke. I, I wonder, though. I if, don't want to see him go to the Lakers. Is that be Well, you're not a Lakers fan anymore, right? That's right. So, but so, but wait, because you like Terry? I'm trying to get your yeah, angle I like on Terry. this. I don't, I don't want to see him go to in and help the Lakers. Not that I think they'd be some type of championship contender with him on it, but I don't. He know. would help, man, because their he offense is terrible. Help. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying, but I don't want to see him. Go. Yeah, that, that's why. I get it, right? Because yeah. you don't <laughs> want the Lakers to be successful. But he would help them for sure. It's just, are, you, are they willing to get rid of one of those first-round picks? Because, you know, LeBron, Anthony Davis, their defense is an elite right now but they're still good their offense is one of the worst in the league they're i think are they out of the play-in right now they're certainly teetering on uh, that last time i had seen they were 10th 
That's the one that makes the most sense to me. Which got fitting. Walker, should my Knicks be interested in, in T. Rowe? They got a lot of picks that they can move. They, are, they, they already made the move for OG Ananobi, which I think has helped. I don't think so. I mean, I get the quickly replacement here. So moving he'd on. He'd replace them pretty quickly. Yeah, Lakers are currently 10th in the West right now at 20 and 21. All right, thank you. We have so many bad jokes going on. It has been filled. This first hour has been full <laughs> of bad jokes. I'm contributing. I can only apologize for myself. Last one, Gordon Hayward. By way of buyout. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I haven't really thought about the buyout, though. I thought it would be tough to match salary. But if you buy him out, the attractiveness here, I, I will stop. I'm stopping. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. The thing that you would like about the buyout option, yeah. if you traded him, is that you wouldn't have to worry about bringing more salary on in future years. If if that was the decision, Gordon Hayward decided, hey, I'll agree to a buyout. I'll move on. Instead of trading him for draft picks, you would like to do it. Like That would kind of suck for the Hornets to not get any draft capital from this Wait, guy. So why can't they trade? Does he have some? Oh, they could. They could. It was just likely buyout is what Jake Fisher was saying. Yeah, he's also well. got that trade kicker that Colin always brings up yep. as a 15% that he's got to approve. I just don't know, like, if if you buy him out and he leaves for nothing, how disappointed will, will Hornet fans be that you yeah. get nothing in return? It's a last option. It's a last option because the, the only reason you would do that is, well, yeah, I guess you're kind of doing Gordon Hayward a, a solid. And I'll tell you this, Mitch Kupchak, not really in the business of buying dudes out. And he's been honest about that in previous years. And he hasn't earned the right to be let go the right way. Like, the Hornets need to move on from him if it benefits them. That's my thing, too. I agree with Fiddy wholeheartedly. No, I'm that. with you. The, yeah, I guess that that's true. The only reason it would make sense is if there was nobody that was willing to match the salary. I do think you can find a desperate enough team to say, you know what, we'll get rid of $30 million and Gordon's coming off of the books. I think that contract is attractive enough enough because... <laughs> because it's okay, I need man. to go to break. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. I, I think it's valuable enough because <laughs> I, I think Gordon Hayward... You're not going to have the money on the books next year. So I, I think that's why a team would want it out there enough in order for you to not yeah, have to I buy them out. I think they can get something. It feels, like so a, it feels like a Minnesota, like a young team that maybe is overachieving, that needs a vet that's been through the wars of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I don't think you're getting them to like L.A., Phoenix, Miami, but maybe a young team that needs a vet. Maybe you can you can get someone like them to be willing to move $30 million. Mm -hmm. I would just hate to see them move on and get nothing back in return. All right, let's move on. I need to reset. At first, I was making the joke so many times purposefully. Now, it's just in my brain constantly, and I keep saying that one word. So I'm going to try to go the rest of the day without saying it. If I say it, you buzz me, Fiddy. We have to learn the hard way. You buzz me if I say it any more times. We're going to reset. We have two more hours to go. We start off the 1 o'clock hour with Mike Salarte. Tied with Wes's guy, Eric Collins, yes. for best sportscaster. Mike's caster. my guy, too, man. I've my, been around Mike a long time. Dude, is there anybody that is harder working than Mike Solarte? Yeah. Like, you could be tied with Mike Solarte. I don't know if you can pass him. We can talk some Kings with Mike Solarte. Yes, we can. Yeah. I was going to say, all right, yes, you get your Hurricanes talk, get all sorts of Charlotte sports and North Carolina sports talk with Mike Solarte. Joining us on the other side of the break, it's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.